This morning, I was reading uh, Romans 4, and a verse popped out to me, and I want to share it with you. It's, it's Romans 4, verse 18, and this is what it reads. Let me find it. Here it is. Okay. It says, in hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, in quotes, by God, so shall your offspring be. Okay? The translation I first read this verse in said, he believed hoping against hope. And I always loved that, those three words right there, that, that hoping against hope. It's kind of why we printed the word on, on, on the back of our shirts. Hoping against hope. Abraham was something like 99 years old when God told him he was going to give, you know, he was going to have a son and that this son was going to be the father of many nations. And he had to believe that because God told him. And it did come to pass because God promised and said it would be so. And so I think about that verse and because it's Christmas time, I started thinking about the three wise men. See, the thing about Abraham is that he was the first, right? There were no books for him to read. There were no scrolls. There were no stories. He was it. He's the beginning of the story. So when we talk about him being credited to righteousness, he had it all that was coming to him because God said it and he did it. God promised it and he believed it. He had no prior experience to go on. He had no other stories, no other tales being told. The man stepped out on faith. Okay, but now I think about these three wise men. They're called wise for a reason. They had access. They had knowledge. They knew who they were believing in because there had been stories. There had been prophets. There had been books. They knew of King David. They knew of all of this stuff, right? And so these guys were wise because they had the information. Now King Herod sends them out and says, go see this baby because if he's legit, I want to go worship him too. Now being that these men were wise, they had to know that Herod was full of it. For the main reason, and not a lot of people know this, Herod wasn't Jewish. Herod was appointed by Rome to oversee the Jews. So they may not have known what he had in mind, but they did know worship wasn't on it. Amen? And then if you read through the book of Matthew, it says when the wise men finally came upon this baby, it says they fell to their knees and they worshipped him. Why? All they did was find a baby in there and his mama sitting in, a, sitting in a little crib or whatever. He was a toddler by the time they found him, but that, that's, that's more timeline stuff, right? Fell to their knees and they worshipped him. Why? Because they had the information. Because they knew. Now, something else you got you to pay attention to is, is think about this time. It's, it's the Jewish nation being led by somebody that's not Jewish, 
Rome overseeing all of it, oppressing a government. Nothing is the way that it should be. Prophets came, prophets gone. When these wise men were alive and living, it had been 400 years since the last prophet, Malachi, wrote a word. Radio silence for 400 years. Yet this made sense. Yet everything their wisdom and knowledge had shown them, had proved to them that this baby was who the scriptures were about. They didn't need to know any different, did they? And so they worshipped him. They opened up the, the, the bankroll of presents that they had for him. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were told, don't go back to Herod. He doesn't need to know what's going on here. And so they went another route and they avoided Herod. Now that's the story of the wise men, right? The hoping against hope, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Regardless of, of the circumstances and the climate, in, the, in the, the political climate, in the cultural climate that, that the wise men were living in, in spite of all of that, under the oppression of Herod, under the oppression of Rome, they looked at this baby and they knew that this baby was the savior, was the Messiah. He was it. So in hopelessness, in that baby, there was hope. And so here we are, in the season of Christmas, and there's a lot of people hoping for a lot of stuff, right? A lot of people are hoping for stuff like PS5s and, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of people are hoping just for a safe place to rest their head, amen? A lot of people are hoping for a hot meal, which you're going to get. But we're not hopeless, are we? If we look at 2020, we got a lot of reasons to arm ourselves up and to pray that we can have hope against hope. This virus hit and it seemed hopeless to many. The election came and it seemed and still does seem hopeless to many. And now there's a virus and people are still feeling hopelessness. But this is Christmas. This is Christmas. And if we can remember the essence of Christmas, if we can remember that this baby, this little, this little child, was the culmination of thousands of years of scripture, of prophecy, of promises, of truth, then we have hope against hope, don't we? You know, Romans 10, verse 9, says that if we profess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, then we're all right. I like to believe for the discerning Christian that every time we say Merry Christmas, remember that's in there, when we say Merry Christmas, that is professing with our mouths 
that we have hope against hope in the promise of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? Don't make me feel it all by myself because I'm feeling it. And I want y'all to know, and I say this over and over and over again only because I mean it, because I need you all to have the hope against hope that I have. <coughs> Sometimes I have to be the one that has the hope for you until you have it yourself. And I'm willing to do that. But this Christmas, you have to have hope against hope. Put that hope in him first. Align yourself with his will for your life. And I trust me, better days are coming. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what those better days look like for you, but I'm telling you, better days are coming. And so if I could hope for anything for Christmas for each and every one of you, it would be that if you don't know Jesus, you get to know him. If you don't know how, come see me. And if you do know him, I hope you get to know him better. I hope you make that an important part of your life. And if you think you know him as much as you could, I promise you, you're wrong. And I pray for humility. And I pray that when he breaks you so that he can fix you, that he don't break you up too bad. But this Christmas, this Christmas, I pray for hope. I love you all, and I thank you for listening. I'm going to pray, and we're going to get started. Sounds good? All right. Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for Romans 4.18, Lord. I thank you for, for hoping against hope, Lord, because our hope is not without knowledge, Lord. We know what your word says. We are so grateful that you are who you've been. And you've remained the same today and you'll remain the same tomorrow. Which means your promises will never fail. Lord, we thank you that, that in this country we can freely worship the birth of your son. And all that that means for us. As we cling to our own wisdom, Lord, as we pursue righteousness under that wisdom, as we grow in wisdom, Lord, may we allow that to change us and to mold us into the people you truly created us to be, Lord. May we learn to, to push away the things that are not of you, to allow that that space to be filled with the things that are. And may we rise to meet another day to glorify you in the things that we say and the things that we do, Lord. We love you. We thank you so much. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you all for your time. Thank you. This podcast is recorded live and uncut at our homeless food share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.